his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you.
is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart opens. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Victory Christian Fellowship. We're so glad that you're here this morning, and if you're tuning in, we're glad that you're tuning in. And we just want to give God glory this morning. We want to give Him praise. Father, we exalt you today, Lord, and we bless your holy and wonderful name. We give you all the glory and all the praise. And thank you, Lord, that you are high and lifted up. And your train fills this temple. And we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together.
have access to the throne of God. We can come boldly before the throne of grace. We're coming before your throne, O oh Lord. We're coming into your presence. We're pressing into your glory. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. Press in with your praise. Press in with your worship. Draw near to him. Draw near to God. Come close. Sit at his feet. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Oh, glory, glory to you, Lord. Glory to your holy name. Praise your holy name. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord Jesus, thank you for giving us access to the throne of God, to the holy of holies, the most holy place where we see your glory and your splendor and your majesty. Oh, we love you, Lord. And we thank you that you speak to your people. Oh, for I have made you strong. You have been designed by me as an overcomer, as a more than a conqueror, as a king and a priest before me. So stand, stand strong, for you shall not be defeated. You shall win, you shall overcome, and you shall conquer. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we need to get excited about that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, we overcome COVID. We overcome sickness. We overcome poverty. Hallelujah. We are overcomers. And Father, right now, I just declare that every faithful person of VCF will not be negatively affected yes. by COVID-19 because COVID-19 has to bow to Jesus. Yes. Their jobs will not be threatened. Their income will not stop. Lord, but you will give them favor. You will put them ahead in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Not only are you at victory, but victory is in you. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, you may have your seats. 
Thank you, Signature Worship Team. Don't they do a wonderful job? We appreciate our praise team so much. Hallelujah. It is good to be where God wants you to be today. And you've chosen the right place to be. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I feel like you're a little closer today to the audience. I am. (laughs) Hey, I want to share something with you during worship. I saw uh, the blueprints of humans in the hands of God. So, you know, we were singing um, your goodness. You know, all my life you have been faithful. You know, our life really starts in him. And he sends us to earth. And so we were already planned. And the plans that God has for us is to prosper us and not to harm us. So we have to remember this. And remember that in the plan of God for your life that he is holding, it greatly differs from the plan the devil is showing. Amen. There you go. The plan God's holding is different than what the devil is showing. This is why you never want to see what he's showing you or hear what the devil is saying to you. Because his goal is to tweak the plan and get you off course. But once you come in right standing with God, once you receive salvation, this plan of God gets revealed to you. And you follow that plan. That's the plan you follow. It doesn't matter if you had studied for 25 years in a specific career Mm -hmm. before you knew Jesus. And it was a path the devil was taking you down. When you get born again and God starts showing you what he really wants you to do, Mm -hmm. start making the shift. Amen. Because the plan of God was developed in the love of God. And if you read 1 Corinthians 13, it says love never fails. So the plan of God for your life cannot fail. You, if you do the plan of God for your life, failure will not happen. Amen. And if you're thinking, well, you've done too much bad, what's, what's the good? One good. Jesus came and did one good thing for mankind that changed the whole thing. Amen? And so don't let the devil tell you what's good, what's bad. He, he's a liar and a thief. Don't, I don't invest any time in him. If he speaks to me, it has to be from under my feet, and I have heavy feet. So, uh, <laughs> and, um, and you have to declare who you are. Amen? Don't let the devil push you around. Like, Really? Mm-hmm. Like it's 2021. We know better. Amen. <laughs> don't you know better than you did even a year ago? You know better. Then don't stand up and tell him to shut up. Yes. Amen. Amen. Don't be indifferent to the things of God because you've been in it a while. Amen. God is a living God. So his stuff every day, his mercies are new every morning. If his mercies are new every morning, imagine what else is new. Amen. And so don't just sit there. I've been a Christian for all this time and I, I've been, the, no, no, you've been doing it wrong if you're sour. Yep. <laughs> you should be full of life and invigorated every time. Amen. Amen. All right, let's confess. <laughs> Amen. 
Oh, that was good. Good, good, good. Amen. You ready to make your confession of faith with the authority of Jesus? Amen. Let's make our confession. Our Heavenly Heavenly Father Father has given to us another comforter to comfort us, encourage us, and strengthen us. He helps us to stay on God's course. God's Holy Spirit abides with us forever. He is our advocate of truth and our divine tutor to guide us in life. We have the Spirit of wisdom who teaches us all things. He is eternal. He was involved in creation. And he knows all things. We are learning great things from him. The Holy Spirit is our personal powerhouse who abides within us and overshadows us. Through him we can boldly testify how good our Father God is. We welcome and receive help in all things through the Holy Spirit. He helps us solve problems, find solutions, and outsmart all enemies to give us victory in life. The Holy Spirit is our greatest ally who stands for righteousness, holiness, and truth. He always glorifies and honors the Lord Jesus and his kingdom. God's Spirit unveils and reveals to us what is ours. He provides us with special abilities and extraordinary power through divine grace. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance. To proclaim the uncompromising Word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victor Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. Amen. So, at Victory, we've been saying this for a while. Mm-hmm. I, I think if you, if you watch some of the um, ministers that have been brought out for us to see now that you never heard about before, but now you're hearing about them since all this stuff. Watch for patterns in couples. Mm-hmm. Watch for the couples that are ministering together and watch for patterns. The Holy Spirit is setting up the same pattern throughout the earth of ministers, of couples ministering together. Watch. And he's setting churches up to have this combination because what's about to hit the earth, the glory of God to fall on the earth with the anointing of God and the the miracles and signs and wonders that will happen, it's no longer going to be one person standing at the pulpit. God's, God's doing a teamwork. And it's been brewing for a while. But you see a lot of the people that are out now talking, and even the prophets, it's a husband and a wife team. And so you watch what God's doing. There's a lot of similarities you're going to see across the country in churches. So this church, we're ready. We're ready. Amen? We're ready. Our hearts are ready. The atmosphere is ready. And we're ready. When God says do this, we are there. Amen? So you keep praying for your local church in Palmyra, Pennsylvania. In 2005, the Lord revealed something in a prayer group that... I, I, I expect to happen now. It's going to happen. And you, you can hook in or you can unhook, but either way it's going to happen. Because <laughs> we have not been moved. Amen? 
and I'm just telling you, I felt like that was an urgent thing to say today. I have never said that before, but that's something that you want to watch. And you thank God for what he's planted in Palmyra. Amen. Good morning. <laughs> it is good to see all of you. Okay, let's see. This is the Sunday before Thanksgiving. That means we do not have Wednesday night refreshing this week. So no Wednesday night service this week. In fact, I have no announcement sheet here. Okay, so remember that. No Wednesday night refreshing this week. Youth Air Force, we are meeting Tuesday, as usual, at 6 o'clock. And then it was all quiet. (laughs) Okay. Yes. Yes. On on a Saturday, okay. This like, okay, I'm going to move from this. I won't move far, Lisa. Okay. The camera person, like, you know, has to go around. On I heard the Lord say, I hear the abundance of... Of rain, do you hear the sound of the abundance of rain? And and he tied that with the next sentence: the youth need to get involved. So I presented it to the pastors and to the youth, and they all were in agreement. We want to meet the last seven weekends of 2021 to come and hear the sound of the abundance of rain, to bless the Lord, to seek His face, to hear prophecies from heaven, interpretations of tongues, to get the blueprint. We used that word yesterday. What is his blueprint for the youth, for that that generation, for the glory of the Lord to come in 2022? So we met yesterday for the first time for the, I'm calling it the abundance of rain, and we were in his presence worshiping. We had scriptures to share Everyone had something that they saw or heard that the Lord had shared with them. And um, the Passion Translation uses the terminology, God's wraparound presence. So I saw a paper on the walls of the cove, and we just drew pictures. We wrote down words, whatever we were hearing and seeing from the Spirit of the Lord in that wraparound kind of sense. And we're going to do that each of the seven times, we're going to put it together in our book of what the Lord is giving us the blueprint for 2022. So we're meeting, it's mostly Saturdays, except for the end being Christmas and New Year's, but we're accommodating that. So yes, the youth are on fire. They're full of the Holy Ghost and his power. And so I encourage you, talk to one of our youth. They have something to impart to you from God. And we're, we're revved up. Uh, it's, so, it's so encouraging, so uplifting, so full of life and uh, excitement to be around the youth. And it's just like, it's like sparks. But they're bigger sparks. They're like big firework sparks. <laughs> so, yes, we are doing that on Saturday. And we have different times, too. So, yeah, they, they know what times. I have communicated that with them. Okay, so that's Saturday as well. And then happy Thanksgiving 
to our VCF family. And did I remember all the announcements then? Yeah? Okay. Pastor Doug, I have one more thing to say about this couples thing. The world system labels uh, couples as power couples. But God's uh, kingdom, he is developing fire couples. Fire couples. It's not power couples. You can, that's the low level. <laughs> but God's kingdom level is fire couples. So if you're married, talk to God about it, that he would develop you into a fire couple. Because... It's not just for the pulpit, it's for the kingdom. Amen? So wherever we go and represent the kingdom, we are a fire couple. Things get on fire. And when fire, the, when holy fire comes, it burns up the chaff, but it makes the gold pure. It purifies it. Burns all the stuff off of it. Amen? So, yeah, that's what I want to say. And uh, this Sunday, are you going to tell them? Sunday, we're going to have uh, Stephen Hoffman. Stephen and Beverly Hoffman will be with us. Uh, Pastor Fiona, she's wanting to see her son, so we're going to take her to Tulsa. <laughs> I just did that for fun. No, no we're, going to, um, we're going to go to Illinois and take my parents to Tulsa. And then we're going to show them the lights. Ramah this year has 3 million lights on their campus. 110 acres and 3 million lights. And uh, so uh, it's going to be a good time. So this, this Sunday, special guest Stephen and Beverly Hoffman. And uh, so be here, uh, the, hear what they have to say. And hey, Amen. I wanted to share with you uh, something from the book of Genesis before we dismiss the kids. And uh, in Genesis uh, 7, um, yeah, uh, Genesis 7, uh, verse uh, 1, it says, The Lord said to Noah, Come into the ark, you with all your household, for I have seen... For you I have seen as righteous before me in this generation. Can people say that of you? Are you righteous in this generation? Of every clean animal, you shall take with you seven pair. Everybody say seven. The male and his female. And of animals that are not clean, two each of the male and his female. So say seven clean and two unclean. And who commanded that? The Lord did, right? And uh, I love verse 5. It says, Noah did all that the Lord commanded him. Say he did all. Okay? He didn't reason with God. He didn't try to figure it out. He just did it. Amen? And uh, that's what we need to do. So um, in uh, chapter 8 now, the, the, you know, he, not only did he have the animals, but he had food for the eight people and all the animals for about a year. Okay? God sustained Noah and every animal for a year. Actually, a little bit more than that, right? There was more than enough food because Noah stored it up. How many know it's good to store things up? 
right? When God says store it up, store it up. But then, uh, look at chapter 8 and verse 20. Now he's off of the boat, right? He's fresh off the boat, <laughs> right? And notice what Noah did. And verse 20, chapter 8, verse 20, Noah built an altar. That's a place of worship, a place to honor God, a place of communication with God. First thing that he did after being on a boat with animals, the floating zoo, right? And he took every clean animal and every clean bird. And what did he do with them? He offered burnt offerings to the Lord. Noah didn't have money. He had animals. And the first thing that he did was he set up a place of worship. He worshiped God and he gave to God an offering on the altar. Right? And then verse 21. The Lord smelled the pleasing aroma. Everybody say pleasing aroma. Did you know what you give to God out of a love for God and out of obedience to God is a pleasing aroma to God? Do you realize Noah's offering changed the course of history? Do you think your offering can do that? Yes, it can. Say, my offering brings great changes in my life. Okay? So the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and the Lord said to himself, I will never again curse the ground because of man, for the intent of man's heart is wicked from the youth, and I will never again destroy the living. I'm telling you, Noah's offering broke the curse. And it touched God's heart. And it changed the course of history. And from this offering, we have rainbows. God said, I'm never going to, and I'm going to put a rainbow as my covenant in the earth. Amen? So Noah's boat is is the gold at the end of the rainbow. (laughs) I'm just kidding. So Father, so when you give this morning, I want you to think that in mind. You know, if you've already given, maybe God will tell you to give a little more. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for every gift and giver. I pronounce a blessing upon them. Their gift breaks curses. Their gift changes environments. Their gift causes things to come out of heaven unto them, Lord. Their, their, Their offerings, Lord, just cause your favor to flow. And I just thank you, Lord, for the blessing of the Lord that makes them rich and you add no sorrow with it. In Jesus' name, amen. And you that are online, you can get on this too. Go to our website and do it that way. Hallelujah. Someone say praise the Lord. Are you excited this morning? Glory to God. I want you to, uh, kids, are you ready for your wonderful class and our wonderful teachers? We're going to dismiss you to have a great time in the Lord, kids. Have a great time in the Lord. In Jesus' name. Can you bring two chairs up on the platform? Yeah. You can just move that little table there. Hallelujah. Well, glory to God. How many like fresh bread? Well, this is a fresh bread message. Amen. Fresh manna baked from the bakery in heaven. Glory to God. Distributed to you on earth. Hallelujah. And, uh, you know, God has provided a place for every believer that has been born again 
and all who put their trust. He's provided a place for you, a very special place, right? And a very special position, all right? It's a high and prominent position. He has lifted us out of the bondage of sin. And he brought us into freedom of knowing him. Amen? He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Say, I'm blessed. And he has given us a spiritual resurrection and an exaltation into the realm of heaven. Hallelujah. And we're not just made alive, but we have been elevated with Christ. So this morning, I want to talk to you about seated with Christ. Say, I have a seat at the table. Say, I have my reservation. Oh, I'm telling you, the maitre d' Jesus has got a table. He's got a seat reserved for you. It is the best seat. It is the most incredible seat. Hallelujah. Are you ready to discover our seat, our seat with Christ? Amen. Glory to God. <clears throat> Ephesians 1 3 says, blessed The Lord uh, has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Now, just because it's in heavenly places doesn't mean you can't use it on earth. You know, we have access to heaven. We have access to all of heaven's goods. Heaven is a storehouse and a warehouse and a distribution center, and we can get the things that we need from heaven. Amen? You know, what did Jesus do? When he received the little boy's lunch and was about to feed thousand people, he looked to heaven. Why? Because he knew he had access to heaven. And he was going to get heaven's blessing upon this meal, right? Because he needed it to expand. Amen? So I want you to go with me to the book of Ephesians, chapter 1. I'm sorry, chapter 2. Ephesians, chapter 2. And we're going to begin this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm so excited. Glory to God. You know, Ephesians, Paul got a revelation. Paul was caught up to the third heaven. He actually was in heaven while he was still alive. And he talks about it in 2 Corinthians 12. He says, I was, there was a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know, but he was caught up to the third heaven. So there's at least three heavens. There's this earth, there's the atmosphere, and then there's the heaven of heavens, right? Three heavens. So Paul saw this. Everybody say he saw it. And God, through the Holy Spirit, enabled him to communicate it to us. You know, the the enemy wanted to persecute Paul severely for his revelations. Amen? Because he didn't want the revelation to get out. But too bad on the devil, he didn't win. So he can't stop us. Yes, he's never going to win. So Ephesians chapter 2, this gives us a picture of where we were, where we are now, and where we're going to. Hallelujah. And we have a glorious and wonderful transition from where you were to where you are now. All right? And Ephesians kind of gives us a glimpse of our story. 
All right, verse 1. You has he quickened or made alive. Woo, say I'm alive. You were made alive. Amen. You were made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. That's where we were before Christ. We were dead. We were spiritually dead. We were separated from God. That's what sin does. Sin separates you from God. We couldn't resuscitate ourselves. We couldn't revive ourselves. And we certainly couldn't save ourselves. We needed someone to save us. And he, he has made us alive. Verse 2. Wherein, in time past, you walked according to the course of this world. Did you know that there's a course in in this world? It is the wrong course. It leads to destruction. Okay? According to the prince of the power of the air. Everyone who is not in Christ is under the influence of Satan. Because he is the God of this world currently. Not going to be there for long, but he is that way. How did he get that way? We gave him the authority to do that. What do I say we? Because man, when he sinned and disobeyed God, he gave Satan permission to operate in this earth and to control this world system. It was never God's plan for Satan to control this world system. It was God's plan for his man to control this world system. But when you give up control, someone else is going to take it. Amen? So this is what uh, was happening. All right? So... Before Christ, we were worldly, and we were under the influence of the God of this world. Okay? This spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. So what does Satan do? He works in the atmosphere of disobedience. So when you disobey God, you're actually following Satan. You are, he is, You know, people who don't want to obey the word are following Satan. People who don't want to do what the word says are following Satan. Because the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. Okay. Among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh. Our conversation is our lifestyle. All right. We operated according to the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of our flesh and of the mind. And were by nature. Everybody say were. Woo. See, when you're in Christ, you're no longer this way. Because you have a new nature. We were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. So anybody who does not know Jesus or is not following Jesus, they're under this uh Wrath, they're under this uh, thing that's keeping them down. Before Christ, we were disobedient. We were unbelieving and we fought against God's purposes. Okay? That's where we were. See, because you got to know where you were to appreciate where you are. And we're going to get to where we are. Woo! You might have to wear your shouting clothes today. Amen? 
And uh, before Christ, we were all dominated by the flesh and by sin. You know, sin is actually bondage. When we sin, we actually submit ourselves to bondage. And the only way to break free of that is to repent and have the blood of Jesus cleanse you. Amen? And before Christ, we were without the Holy Spirit living under God's wrath. Without the Holy Spirit. And we're living under God's wrath. Anyone who has not received Christ yet is on their way to hell. People who have not received Christ are on their way to hell. And the only way to stop it is to receive Christ as Lord. All right? Even if our life was good before Christ, we were low and heading to hell. You might have been a good, you might have been a good person before you knew Jesus. Doesn't matter. Good works don't save you. Being a good person doesn't save you. Can't save you. Okay? Now, you get prepared to get excited when you read verse 4. All right? But God, man, when God butts in, he changes everything. But God, who is rich in mercy, For his great love wherewith he loved us. Are you glad for his rich mercy? He's got wonderful mercy. He's rich in mercy. He's overflowing in mercy. He's loaded in mercy. Because of his mercy. Hallelujah. The Amplified says being so very rich in mercy. And... uh, Because of this, because of his mercy, he said, for his great love wherewith he loved who? Say, he loves me. Always has, always will. Even when we were dead in sins, verse 5, has quickened us together with Christ, by grace are you saved. Even when we were helpless... Even when we couldn't do it ourselves, he came in and did it for us. He did it for us. He gave it to us as a gift. Hallelujah. His mercy reached down into our spiritual death that separated us from him and brought us close to him. Oh, he reached down into the mire and the clay and he pulled us up and put us on a rock. This is what he did for us. Now we can enter his presence with confidence and boldness. Verse 6, here it is. And he has raised us up together and made us sit together. Where? In heavenly places. Where? In Christ Jesus. Woo! We were at the lowest low and now we're in the highest high. He raised us up together and made us sit together with him, next to him, in heavenly places, in Christ Jesus. He elevated us. He exalted us. He raised us up. Say, I'm getting my raise today. Hallelujah. He raised us up. We were made alive through his grace and mercy. And he raised us up in Christ. Every believer 
has been raised to a new place, a new position with a new purpose. You've been raised to a new place, to a new position with a new purpose. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And notice verse 7. He says that in the ages to come, he might show us the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Jesus. That tells me that we're going to learn some things in heaven. God, God is so good that we can't comprehend how good he really is right now. So, oh my goodness, he gave us a front row seat, front and center, that through the ages we're going to see as the screen unfolds how good God is, how, how his goodness is, how powerful and wonderful and incredible is his goodness. We're going to get to see it. You can get some popcorn and watch it. He, he said in the ages to come, in this seat that we're seated in, we're going to get to see the goodness of God unfold before us. If you think he's good now, wait till then. When you don't have a, a mortal body that's hindering uh, our ability to think. Amen? Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. See, we're seated with him in heavenly places. We went from death to life. We went from dark to, not, to light. And we went from lost to found. Just like that. Amen? Who did it? He did it. He did it for you. Why did he do it for you? Because he loves you. He had mercy on you. He gave you grace. It was always his desire for you to be with him right there. Why do you think he came to the garden in the cool of the day and he walked with man and talked with man? They had fellowship. It's always been God's idea to have fellowship with us. It's just that sin broke that fellowship. Amen? Glory to God. Then he said, see, his goodness is immeasurable. It's unsurpassed, and it's the richness of his grace. See, grace and mercy are partners. They work together. Mercy prevents us from getting what we should get. And grace gives us what we didn't qualify for, but he gave it to us anyway. Amen? So the two work together. Hallelujah. See, God's goodness, it's wrapped up in his kindness. It's, it's, it's in his redemption. His redemption is grace supersized. It's, it's the supersize. It's the all-inclusive total package. It's everything included. That is redemption. Okay? It's the platter. It's the full meal. Right? It's God's goodness. His goodness is his compassion. Aren't you glad for his compassion? His compassion moved him to action. Amen? His compassion brought him out of heaven to earth. It's his, God's goodness is his patience. How, many, how long has God been patient with you? How long has he been patient with me? God has great patience for the precious fruit of the earth. He, he shows us mercy and mercy and mercy and mercy. Amen? 
We've been, we've been showing more mercy than what we know what to do with. It's just sometimes people just reject the mercy of God that they've been shown. And they say, no, I'm going to do it my way anyway. And God says, okay. That's not a good place to be. Amen? God's goodness is his forgiveness. How many appreciate his forgiveness? God's goodness is his love. Right? God's goodness is all the fruit of the Spirit. That's the goodness of God. It's his slowness to anger. Did you know that our God is slow to anger? He's not quick to anger. He's slow to anger. He told us so. I'm slow to anger. Right? So when God gets angry, you've had lots of opportunities to accept his mercy, but you didn't. So when you get angry, that means, you know, because remember, God said uh, to the Israelites, they've, he's, you know, they've uh, come against me these ten times. You know, God does have a limit to what he's going to put up with. Amen? All right? God's goodness is seen in his willingness to help. How many has God, God has been willing to help us? Amen? Even when we didn't qualify, even when we had bad attitudes? Right? God's willing to help us. That's his goodness. His goodness is our salvation. It's his sacrifice. It's his gentleness. God does not deal with you according to your sins. He deals with you according to your obedience. Amen? He's done away with the sin problem, but now we've got to work on the obedience issue. Right? God, obedience is better than sacrifice. Right? He told us that. God's goodness is seen in his faithfulness, mercy, and joy. It's his desire for relationship. Our God is a God of relationship. He wants a relationship with you and with me. He wants to be able to talk with you. He wants to be able to be involved in your life. He, be, he wants to be able to help you. That's his goodness. We have a good God. God is a God of, he's a family God. He works with families. He's been working with families ever since the the beginning of time, ever since the creation. God's always, God's plan was always to work with families. I mean, he's got a call on families. That's why the enemy attacks families so much. He, he, He wants to set up a family foundation, right? See, we don't need to get to heaven to act or think like we're seated in heaven. That's the beauty of it. We can act like we're seated in heaven while we're on earth. Because our representative is in heaven. The son of man is in heaven who represented all of humanity. Who took on, he was the word that became flesh. He's our representative. And because he's in heaven, he paved the way for us. And because he's sitting there, we have access to all of his authority, to all of his goodness, to everything that he has. Amen? So you can, you can act and think like you're seated with Christ right here, right now. We gotta change the way we perceive ourselves. Do you think someone in, seated in heaven would go around being defeated? Do you think someone, oh, let me ask you this. Do you think someone seated in heaven complains? Oh no, there's no complaining in heaven. Because there wasn't complaining on earth. God didn't hang around with complainers. He sent fiery serpents to complainers. <laughs> Amen? Amen? 
We can act and think like Christ right now and we can live a godly life. We got to start living. Listen, God didn't just save us to set us on the bench. He saved us. He invested in us so that we can live a godly life here and now till we get there, till we get to heaven. Say, I'm going to live a godly life. That means a life of honesty, integrity, character, faithfulness. Amen. So Jesus, everything that Jesus did, he did as a man anointed by the Holy Spirit. Philippians tells us how he put aside his, his, his deity and he operated as a man. He suffered some things. Right? But he did that for you and I. Everything that Jesus did was for you and me. Right? He was filled with the Spirit and he was led by the Spirit. And he gave us the victory that he achieved. And we can do what he did. Right? In his name. Didn't he give us the ability to do that? Alright? When God placed Jesus... At his right hand in heaven, he placed us with him in heavenly places too. So when God looks to his right hand, he sees Jesus, but he sees you. Why? Because you chose to accept Jesus, therefore you're in Christ, and therefore you get all the benefits, all the privileges, all the rights, because we're joint heirs. So when God looks at you, he sees Jesus. When God looks at your your your, your life, he sees a God, he sees you righteous. He sees you holy. He sees you accepted in the beloved. He sees you just as righteous as Jesus is. Say, I'm just as righteous as Jesus is. The Bible says we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. We are, we have a seat where the privileges and benefits of heaven are dispensed and distributed. Glory to God. We sit in a place where we can breathe the air of heaven. Oh, every time you breathe in, you're breathing in life. Life, the breath of God. Hallelujah. We can breathe in the air of heaven. We can fellowship with the Father, because all we got to do is turn and talk to him. Amen. We can experience heaven here and now to a measure, right? And even Jesus showed this to his disciples. He said, there's going to be some of you that will not taste death until you see me in my glory. Three of them did. Peter, James, and John. Jesus took them to a mount, right? And he stood before him, and right before their eyes, he was transfigured into all of his glory. All of a sudden, his clothes were glistening. The Bible says they were brighter than the noonday sun. His hair was white. They saw the light. They saw the glory. They saw the majesty. They saw him talking with Moses and Elijah. And they got to see that before they died. So Jesus, what Jesus said is absolutely true. Amen? Amen. Because we're seated in heavenly places, we share his honors. We share in his glory. Amen? Amen? 
We're connected with him. We get to partake of his nature. We get to partake of the divine nature. Second uh, Peter chapter 1 tells us that. Say, I'm a partaker of divine nature. What's a divine nature? It's God's nature. You've been given a new nature. Hallelujah. See, Jesus is our representative in heaven. Everything that he did represented all of mankind. Hallelujah. His entrance into heaven is a promise that we're going to be there too. All right? So, Jesus is in heaven and he's prepared a way for us uh, to receive from there and retire there. Your retirement plan is out of this world. Amen? Hallelujah. All right, well, where is Jesus seated? I think the Bible, we can look to the Bible and find out. Go with me to Luke 22. Luke 22. Are you excited this morning? You're going to leave here lifted up and elevated. You're going to leave here full of confidence knowing that the devil can't knock you down. You sit in a place of health. You sit in a place of wealth. You sit in a place of victory. You sit in a place of conquering. You sit in a place of authority. That's in heavenly places. You read that, he has authority over everything. Everything is under his feet. Luke 22, verse 69. I'm excited this morning. Luke 22, verse 69. He said, Jesus said, from now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the power of God. Woo! And we're with him next to the power of God. We have access to the power of God. Paul said, I'm not here to convince you with my eloquence of speech, but through the demonstration and the power of the Holy Spirit. So that your faith would stand in the power of God and not the words of man. Our faith has got to be in God's power. Amen? All right, Matthew 26, verse 64. We got to see where Jesus is seated. Right? Now, You can either sit with Jesus or you can sit with the scornful. The wicked sit with the scornful. The righteous sit with Jesus. Jesus has reserved a skybox for you. All glory to God. You have your own skybox, the most prominent box in heaven. Because you're with Jesus. Wherever he is, you're there. Oh, my goodness. Matthew 26, verse 64. Jesus said unto him, you have uh, said it, but more than that, I tell you, in the future you will see me, you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Where Jesus sits is mobile. You see him sit. Look, let me see what that says. The Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming in the clouds. His seat can move. Glory to God. All right? Go to Ephesians chapter 1. 
Ephesians chapter 1. Woo! You're getting a faith lift today. (laughs) Jesus is the glory and the lifter. All I'm going to say to you today is I'm going to be the, I'm going to be the bellhop. Right? Going up. Going up. We don't go down. Going up. Go up. I'm sorry, this elevator only goes up. Anybody who wants to go up can get on this one. If you want to go down, this is the wrong elevator for you. This elevator only goes up. Going up. Amen? Say, I'm going up. I'm going up to the high places. Sorry. I'm feeling it. Ephesians 1, verse 19. This is the Amplified. So that you will begin to know what the immeasurable, unlimited, and surpassing greatness of his active spiritual power is in us. Where is it? It's in me. It's in you. Right? Who believe? These are in accordance with the working of his mighty strength, verse 20, which he produced in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Far above all rule, authority, power, and dominion. That's over every disease, over every enemy, over every challenge, over every difficulty, over everything. He's far above it. You're sitting in a high place. George is telling Louise, we're going up, right? We're going up. Far above every name that is named. Where you're seating, you're far above COVID. You're far above cancer. You're far above diabetes. You're far above high blood pressure. You're far above. Say, I'm far above. How'd you get there? God put you there. You believed in him and he moved you up. Your faith in him caused you to go up instantly. The minute you had faith in Jesus and declared your faith in Jesus, you were put in that place. My goodness. Not only in this age, but also in the one to come. Your dominion is not going to stop. All right? Go to Psalms 110. Psalms 110. Are you getting excited this morning? All right. Psalm 110, verse 1. Hallelujah. The Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand, and I will make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Oh, my goodness. All you got to do to get the victory is find your seat and take your seat. And you just have to wait for your enemies to be made your footstool. Say, my enemies are becoming my footstool. All right, let's go to Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1. All right, the Old Testament and the New Testament together is like salt and pepper. Right? They go together well. Hebrews 1, 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses... 
stripping off unnecessary weight and the sin which does so easily and cleverly entangle us. Let us run with endurance, active persistence, the race that is set before us. Are you running your race with endurance? Don't you, don't give in to desires to quit. Keep on running. Look at your neighbor and say, keep running. Alright? Verse 2, looking away from all that will distract us, focusing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of our faith, the incentive of our belief, and the one who brings our faith to maturity, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, disregarding the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Hallelujah. Look at verse, look at chapter 8, verse 1. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 1. What am I talking about? Where is Jesus seated? Wherever Jesus is seated, you're seated. We're going to see that here in just a minute. See, I'm getting a raise today. I'm being elevated today. I'm being lifted up today. What a better way to give thanks for than where you're seated. Amen? We're giving thanks for what Jesus has done for us. Amen. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 1. Now the main point of what we have, have to say is this. We have such a high priest. The Christ who is seated in the place of honor at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven. Woo! He's got a place of honor, a place of majesty. Amen. Isn't, didn't we sing a song about, not today, but there's a song, Majesty, right? It was written, uh, by, uh, the guy who's the, uh, Jack Hayford, that's it, yeah. He's a four square guy. Alright? Revelation chapter four. Revelation chapter four, verse two. It's important for you to see these verses, right? What are you receiving today? You're, you're receiving faith to lift you up. You're receiving faith to know what authority you have in Christ Jesus. All right? You got to know your position. All right? Revelation chapter 4, verse 2. At once I was in special communication with the Spirit. I was in the Spirit. And behold, a throne stood in heaven with one seated on the throne. Oh, glory to God. And when we share his death, we'll share his life. We share his resurrection and we share his benefits. Men, Jesus is in the sharing business. He did all that he did so that he could share it with us. Glory to God. Look at Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6 and verse 5. Hallelujah. Romans 6, 5. For if we have become one with him, that's relationship. Have you become one with Jesus? That's intimate relationship. That speaks of a relationship like a husband and a wife. You become one with him. You think like him. You act like him. You talk like him. Come on, we got to be one with Jesus. God did not give you a split personality. You are not schizophrenic. You, you, are, you are of the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God isn't schizophrenic. 
Alright? If, notice he said, if we become one. You know, a lot of people live like they're two instead of one with Jesus. I got my way and he's got his way. You got to be one with Jesus. You got to let Jesus, you, you got to mesh him and enfold him into your life. God, Jesus was meant to be integrated into your life. First of all, you can take him with you wherever you go. First of all, he's the life of the party. Secondly, he's good. Amen. And you've you got to be one with him. If you're not one with him, you need to change that today. You need to repent and get right with God. All right? For we, in the likeness of his death, we will also certainly be one with him and share fully in the likeness of his resurrection. Because Jesus was raised, you get raised. So what Jesus did was, he left heaven, right? And he came to earth. And he saw that we were stuck. We were not only stuck, but we were dead. We were separated from him. And you know, someone's got to make the move to bridge the gap. Amen? So he left heaven and he came to earth, right? And he lived a perfect life. He died a tragic death, but he rose again on the third day, right? And he was exalted to heaven, okay? All right, I'm building up. Now... Jesus, he, he viewed trouble as temporary. Go with me for just a moment to Matthew chapter 16. I want you to see this. If Jesus viewed trouble as temporary, guess what? You got to view it as temporary too. Did Jesus say you will have trouble in this earth? But with a big smile, he said, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. So you can overcome trouble too. All right? Trouble didn't move Jesus. He knew it was temporary. He knew he would overcome it and conquer it. All right? Matthew 16, verse 21. Matthew 16, verse 21. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples clearly that he must go to Jerusalem, endure many things at the hands of the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed. That sounds like trouble to me, doesn't it? And be raised on the third day. I love Jesus is saying, yeah, I'm going to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to suffer these things. I'm going to be killed. But on the third day. In other words, he views the trouble that he's going to face as temporary because he knows that there's something greater than the trouble. There's something greater than the trouble. All right, go to Matthew 17, 22. Matthew 17, 22. When they were gathered together in Galilee, Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is going to be betrayed. And hand it over to men. And they will kill him. Sounds like trouble. He will be raised to, uh, from death to life on the third day. And they were deeply grieved and distressed. The disciples were stressed out. And Jesus it was like no big deal. <laughs> Jesus just said, I'm going to go to Jerusalem and suffer. 
But how many, if we're going to suffer, we don't look forward to it, do we? Oh, I'm going to suffer. <laughs> Jesus is like, oh, yeah, I'm going to suffer, but it's no big deal because I'm going to be raised from the dead. Amen? How many know that the things that you suffer that are negative in this life are only temporary? They can't compare to the glory that you're going to have. Amen? There's no comparison. So we got to treat trouble like this. Stop building trouble up like it's some big thing and, and getting your anxiety high and your worry high. Let it go. Know that it's temporary. Know that you're going to go through it and you're going to overcome it. And you're going to say, look what the Lord has done. Why? Because you've got a seat that's higher than here. You've got a seat in heaven. You are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Jesus saw that the mess that we were in. He saw the trouble that we were in. And he left his home in heaven. And he came and did something about it. He put on an earth suit. And he walked around this earth. He, he, he experienced sorrow. He experienced pain. He experienced betrayal. He experienced everything that a human being would ever be tempted in. And yet, he conquered death, hell, and the grave. Amen? And so Jesus, he is sitting here at the right hand of God. All right? He accomplished his work. He retired at 33 and a half years old. He retired after three and a half years of work. And... He made a place for us. He said, if I can do it, you can do it. If I can have it, you can have it because I'm giving it to you. I'm making a way for you because I've got a seat reserved for you. And he reached down into our sin. And he took us by the hand. And he said, come here. I got a place for you. He said, come here. I have a seat right next to me. Sit down. Enjoy your victory. Sit down. Enjoy your prosperity. Sit down and enjoy your my goodness. Sit down and enjoy your enemies becoming your footstool. Sit down and be, become more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. I, you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. I sat you there, said Jesus. I, it was my plan all along for you to be here. I've reserved this seat. No one knew about this seat. It was like the path of the Red Sea. No one knew that it was there. But when the time came and I opened the Red Sea, I had a place. I had a path. This place was always for you. It was always meant for you. I have reserved this for you. Yes. Glory to God. You are seated with Christ yes. in heavenly places, sharing all the benefits, all the everything that came with Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes. Every one of you are seated right here with Christ Jesus. Every believer in Christ yes. Jesus. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Hallelujah. You didn't make the seat. He made the seat. He made it for you. Not only did he make a seat for you, he's building a house for you. He's not just building a house for you, he's building a mansion for you. Hallelujah. Jesus is working for you while he's in heaven. There's a building project going on. There's construction going on. <laughs> oh, give God a shout. Hallelujah.
1 Corinthians 6.14. God has not only raised up the Lord, but will also raise us up by his power. Say he's raising me up too. By his power. Colossians 2.12. Colossians 2.12. Having been buried with him in baptism and raised with him to a new life through your faith. In the working of God. Through your faith. How many believe that God is working? Even if I can't see him, he's working. Amen. You may not be able to see him, but he's always working. He's working right now. He's working in our hearts. He's working in our minds. He's working in our lives. He's working in our finances. He's working in our families. When he raised Christ from the dead, verse 13, when you were dead in your sins and in your uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive together with Christ, having freely forgiven all our sins. Oh, glory to God. He canceled out the certificate of debt. There's New Testament debt cancellation right there. He canceled out the certificate of death. Of debt. Consisting of legal demands. And he completely removed it, nailing to the cross. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 10. 1 Thessalonians 1.10. To wait for the coming of his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who personally rescues us. Glory to God. Jesus personally rescued you from sin. From the coming wrath and draws us to himself, granting us all the privileges and rewards of a new life with him. Now, let me just finish up today by giving you some keys of what it means to be risen and having being seated with him. All right. Are you ready? Number one, Romans eight eleven. Romans 8.11 If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the spirit who lives in you. You can live a victorious spiritual life. Right now, your body is being made alive because the same spirit... That raised Christ from the dead. How many have the spirit of God in them? How many have the spirit of God dwelling in them? Well, he's working on your mortal body. He's giving life to your body. Life to your flesh. Life to your heart. Life to your organs. Life to your skin. Life to your brain. Life to your your skeletal system. Life to every system. God wanted you to live a victorious life, so he gave you a victory coach called the Holy Ghost. The same spirit. Not a different spirit. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. That means the same resurrection power that brought Jesus out of the grave is working in us right now as we speak. So you live a victorious spiritual life, not a defeated spiritual life. 
God didn't bring you out of the grave to be trampled under by the enemy. He brought you out of the grave so you could trample on the enemy. Come on. We got to do some stomping on the enemy. You know, the Bible has a lot to say about your feet. With your feet, you can stand on the promises of God. All right, number two, you live an overcoming life. How many overcomers are in the house today? You're not going to be, you are. Why? Because you got a seat. Glory to God. Your reservation has already been put in. And no one has taken your seat. There's more than enough room at the seat next to Jesus. Amen? There could be a million, two million, three billion people. Doesn't matter. There's enough room to sit with Jesus. Amen? It's a big seat. <laughs> Glory to God. You live an overcoming life. Second Corinthians 4, 7. We have this precious treasure in earthen vessels so that the grandeur and surpassing greatness of the power will be shown to be from God and not from ourselves. What that means is, oh, glory to God. Let me just go to a quick, we're, we're free from pressure. We're free from perplexity. We're free from being crushed. We're free from loneliness and desertion. We're free from destruction because we have a seat. Through Jesus, we overcome pressure. We overcome being crushed. We overcome perplexity. We overcome despair. We overcome loneliness, desertion, and destruction. I'm Oh, there's pressure on every side, but I am not crushed. Glory to God. Let the pressure come because I'm going to stand strong because my seat is a shield about me. My seat is a protection about me. My seat is a security for me. Let the pressure come. I'm not going to crack under pressure. Come on. The Holy Ghost is greater than the pressure. He's stronger than the pressure. All right, number three. This is the third thing that happens when you know that you have a seat with Jesus. You live for God. Second Corinthians 5.14. Say, I'm living for God. Listen, if you're not living for God, you need to change the way you live. I'm telling you right now, this is no time to be playing games with God. You can't just live any way that you want to and expect God to accept that. That would be like Jesus saving Paul and letting him go persecute again. That would be like Peter... Not accepting Jesus and going fishing and toiling all night and catching nothing. That'd be like Matthew still collecting taxes. Listen, God called you out. So you don't mess with darkness. You walk in the light. You can't walk according to the world. This world is dark. But we got the light. You gotta live for God. Second Corinthians 5.14. For the love of Christ controls and compels us because we have concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died, and he died for all so that those who would live would no longer live for themselves but for him. 
Stop living for yourself and start living for him. All, all it takes is a decision. If you've been living for yourself, God's not holding it against you, but you're, you're giving the devil permission to operate in your life, in your family. You've got to shut the door on the devil. I mean, you've got to slam it. You've got to lock it tight. Amen? So you've got to, all right, number four, you've got to live an above average life. How many want to live an above average life? Colossians 3.1. This is all a result of being seated with Christ in heavenly places. See, I've got my seat. Say, I'm sitting in my seat. Yeah, let's act and talk and speak like Jesus. Amen. Glory to God. Let's use the authority that we have. Hallelujah. Let's tell the devil to shut up and move on. Leave my area. Amen. All right. Colossians 3.1. Put on the new self. Therefore, you have been raised with Christ. Keep seeking the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Live an above average life. Listen, when you're seated high, your perspective has changed. When you're up here, everything down here seems so small. It seems so little. You've got to get the big picture. Amen? There is a cause that you have been saved for. It's called the kingdom. God has brought us into the kingdom business. And he has hired kings and priests. And he pays good. He pays good. All right, number five. I only got two more. This one and the next last one. You got to live a focused life. You know, when you're seated in heavenly places, you get to see all... You know, when you're high up, you get to see far. Right? So you've got to live a focused life. Colossians 3, 2. Set your mind and keep focused on the things above. Not on things of the earth. Don't get tangled in earthly things. Use the kingdom to go through the earthly things. You've got to be like Fiona when she travels to Guyana. She doesn't operate by their system. She operates by a kingdom system. People are amazed at the things that happen so quickly for her when she's there. Why? She uses a different system to get things done. Amen? You know, Jesus knows what it means to walk the earth. He knows about what goes on in this earth. He's not ignorant. He was here. He knows exactly how people are. The enemy could not stop Jesus. He couldn't deter Jesus. He couldn't kill him. He tried several times before Jesus laid down his life. Amen? But Jesus just kept on going. Why? He was focused on heaven. He was focused on the joy that was set before him. He knew he was going to be crucified, but the crucifixion was so small in the span of time. The resurrection was a much bigger deal. Why? Crucifixion was just a moment in time. Resurrection is still going on. We're still walking in the resurrection. Glory to God. So you've got to live a focused life. When you're seated up here, you've got to be focused. And your focus has to be on the one you're seated next to. 
Great things happen when you take your eyes off your problems. Amen? And you put them on the solution. All right, finally, last thing. When you're seated with Christ, you have to live an expectant life expecting God's goodness. How many expect God's goodness? When you woke up this morning, you expected God to be good to you. Because God is good no matter what. And when you expect him to be good to you, his goodness is going to show up for you. Right? When you go shopping, expect God to be good to you and open up the parking space right next to where you need to be. Amen? Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5. Even when we were dead and in sin separated from him, he made us alive together with Christ. You have been saved from God's judgment. He raised us up together and seated us with him in heavenly places because we are Christ. He did this so that in the ages to come he might show the immeasurable, unsurpassed riches of his grace, of his goodness. Amen? How many know every day that you wake up you can expect his goodness? At Thanksgiving this, this Thursday you can expect his goodness. Amen? You can, you can invite the most ornery family member to your table, but God's goodness is going to override that. Amen? How many know Jesus had meals with sinners? You know, we got in-laws and outlaws in our families. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, but see, this is all because we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. Amen? We need to now walk in the victory that God has provided for us. We need to walk in the power that God's given to us. We need to increase in the knowledge of God through the Holy Spirit. Amen. He brings us into all truth. It's time to, to, to rise up, church. It's time to rise up and be who God called you to be and do what God called you to do. You know, time is of the essence. Jesus is coming back for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. So right now, he's got to iron out the spots and uh, iron out the wrinkles. Amen. How does he do that? With the heat of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So you've, you've been given some stuff all because you have a seat with Christ in heavenly places. Amen. How many are ready to receive something today? Whatever it is that you need to receive today, healing in your body, prosperity, increase in your life, peace, wisdom, amen? Everything that heaven offers has been made available to you. You've already, it's already been paid for. It's already been provided for. It's already been given to you. This is not something that God is giving to us now. He's already given it to us. When he died on the cross, the deal was sealed. And when he rose from the dead, he just uh, made the way for us. Amen. And all we have to do is believe and trust him. Maybe you need to change your life today. Let me tell you something. People who aren't fully living for God will be tormented by the enemy. And you can't fake it. You can't fool God. 
Because God knows the heart. He knows the thing that no man can see. Only God is the only one qualified to judge a heart. Now, we can judge the fruit, but we can't judge the heart. Now, the fruit gives you an indication of what kind of heart it is. Amen? So, let's take our seat today. And let's walk in the rays that God wants to give us today. Amen? He wants to raise you to life. He wants to raise you to health. He wants to raise you to strength. Amen? He wants you to, he wants to raise you to have a full supply. Glory to God. No matter what the economy does, we have a God who's greater than the economy. Did he not take care of two to three million people in the wilderness? Did he not take care of Elijah in the midst of a drought? The widow in the midst of a drought? Amen? Did not he provide fish for a fisherman that fished all night and caught nothing? But at his word, one word from God changed his entire economic situation. He went from throwing that net all night and catching nothing to barely bringing in that net. Amen? Glory to God. Let's not let up on the victory that God's achieved for us. So if you need something today from God, I want you to come up right now and we're going to pray and God's already given it to you and you're just going to receive it. How, how is that? You're just going to receive it. Well, that's too easy. No, that's how God designed it. Amen. How many believe that you've been raised with Christ and you've been seated with Christ in heavenly places? Amen. So then let's just receive. Amen. If you've been invited to Thanksgiving, you don't have to say, can I eat? Why? You've already been invited. You're already there. Amen. That's why they brought you there. You don't have to ask permission to eat. You might have to ask when to eat, but you don't have to ask permission to eat. It's the same thing with God. God's already invited you. He's already provided you. You don't have to ask him. Just receive. Amen. Nobody needs anything today. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, you're going to get a raise. You're going to get a raise. There's an anointing to raise. Father, let them receive all that they want, need, and desire in the name.